0: Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read, me romance.
1: Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book, that's fine. Or you could sit back, relax, and unwind. And read me romance. Read, read me romance.
0: Bergen Brothers, the complete series by Krista Sandor, now on sale for 99 cents. The Billionaire Bergen Brothers Complete Series, books one through three, plus an exclusive bonus short story only found here. Brennan, Jasper, and Camden Bergen aren't your average brothers. Heirs to a billion dollar mountain sport empire, these smoking hot siblings are each about to meet their match when it comes to the game of love. In the Bergen Brothers Complete Series, you get three full length books, a bonus story only available in the box set. Three chances to laugh, sigh, and swoon. Three happily ever afters with mountains, money, and all the romance. One exclusive bonus short story with Elle and Jasper's adventure. Grab it now for 99 Cents, Bergen Brothers, The Complete Series,
1: by Krista Sander. Welcome back to Read Me Romance Podcast. Hi. <laughs> I really didn't even mean to screech. Your voice. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in all
0: honesty, I thought that, like, I had lost my voice today because mm-hmm. I talk so much and I laugh so much. And, you know, I just thought, like, oh, my throat hurts because I lost my voice.
1: Not that not, it could be the virus going around. Not that
0: I have COVID. <laughs>
1: But to be clear, does. Mel
0: definitely gave it to me. I did.
1: Definitely <laughs> gave it to you.
0: <laughs> and you know what, though? This happens to us all the time, right? Like, it's so weird. Like, like I remember one time, like, you you cracked your windshield, like, the same day I did. And, like, we both had a flat tire, like, the same day or so. It's weird shit like it's that weird. happens.
1: It's weird. <clears throat> but you really did. I didn't think. I'm never convinced. Like, when my daughter first came <clears throat> home, she's like i think i have covid i'm like you're just tired i want to get out of class like boom we all <laughs> got COVID. Shit. god damn it i'm like no i my like, throat i just i thought the same thing that i just talked too much which is stupid because i don't talk too
0: much <laughs> you're like that's never gonna happen you're like we don't have to worry about that at all Oh my God. Welcome to another week of Read Me Romance minus the screech. Um, we have got Mel Jean Brooke with us, which I'm super excited about because if you've listened to the podcast at all, you know how much I love Mel Jean. I love Mila Vane as well. And it's the same person. So yeah. that's great. <laughs> so if you like what you're hearing today, we've got lots more ahead. She's got this awesome book. It's called Bite Me. And what is it, Mel? You you called it. It's not a second chance romance, but it's safe.
1: Safe. So, I asked if it was safe because when I read the description of it,
0: mm-hmm. it
1: said, you know, she's been gone for five years. And she said it is. It's fine. They weren't actually together when she left, though. They were like kind of like had a flirt thing and then she took off. And now mm-hmm. she's back. But they don't talk about past with others or anything like that, which mm-hmm. I figured it was because Mel, Mel Jean has a very good way of making her. I don't know how she does it. She makes her heroines so strong but mm-hmm. then vulnerable at the same time. Yep. And then she can make her men so alpha without being like overbearing in the way that it suffers their strength. They're like plays against their. I don't know. It's, it's a talented gift. I've always said she's like one of the most brilliant writers I've ever met. In person. She really
0: is. Like she's got, like you said, she's just got this neck for writing. Cause normally when I, when I read books like this in romance, I like a vulnerable heroine. You know, I like I'm a little on the weaker side. You know, like I like I think alpha is such a stupid term now because I'm just I'm indoctrinated yeah. into like, uh, what is it like feminine culture now and now I can't stand the word alpha. But like that, you know, strong like present man that's gonna take care of her
1: and she's so little and a so in distress. Actually, like a true alpha because an alpha actually takes care of the pack and puts their needs above everybody else's or puts other people's needs above their own so that is a real genuine definition i think that even we play an alpha wrong sometimes
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely but you know and that's one thing that I, i think that she does well in her books is that you still get that protective like you know, strong, steady hero that allows the heroine to grow and do these badass things. Like, you know, with her Vane books, there are these epic, beautiful worlds building things where these heroines are like, they're conquering the world. And the hero is just there to watch them do it. And it's just like, it's so fucking good. Or
1: sometimes give a nudge that you actually think is kind of dick but it's not, it's like working towards to like building them to be stronger Mm -hmm. or showing them another side of themselves. Yeah, exactly. And
0: and (sighs) And allowing them the space to be vulnerable, even though they have to be strong all the time and stuff. And so it's like, there's just enough vulnerability and protectiveness to satisfy like that virgin innocence side that I'm looking for. But there's even more of like, I don't know, like, she, you're right, she just has a gift, like, she's an incredible, incredible writer, so I'm super excited that she has, like, she's given us this book to play, it was previously released years and years ago, I doubt anybody's ever read it, it was part of an anthology, I think maybe her publisher or something did, and um, she was like, I just have it, it's just sitting here, like, you know, if you want to play it on the podcast, I was like, uh, 100% I do, <laughs> I would like to play it right now, so... I'll read the book bio and all that good stuff, and we'll tell you about her giveaways and everything else in just a little bit. But first up, I want to ask you, what have you been reading?
1: I've actually just been rereading a lot. Mm-hmm. I Because like night. I said, I wasn't feeling that great. I'm still coming off of COVID. I'm feeling a ton better, but mm-hmm. I just sunk back into some old uh, comfort reads, and I feel like I like beat this horse dead. But I went back <laughs> and read some of my favorite Jessa. Dean yep.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I'm not even shocked anymore like I'm I'm not even shocked anymore which ones did you read
1: I, just like, what's your like, go-to I on picked her? through because you know me and her talked or were texting the other day and you know some of her early stuff isn't some of my favorite stuff because it's not like she's like I kind of wrote what I thought I was supposed to write yeah. You know, like, the heroine should be this, or maybe not fall as fast, and you yeah. know what I mean? Which, she doesn't do anything now, she <laughs> yeah. writes exactly she's just, what she's, like, head over heels. <laughs> so, sometimes I just, I cherry-pick through some of them in the series, like, her urgent care series and stuff like that. And then, I went and I did, she has, oh, Mila Crawford has a series out. It's, Which like, I, they're all short, they're, like, 60 books, and they're called stuff Jesus. like Stalk Me... Mm-hmm. and there's another one bloody valentine but i'll link them through here they were just really dirty shots of Miller who I was like it. newer to me uh-huh. and i like her she does very good tough heroes too who end up falling really hard yeah so i, I think just we talked back. about it
0: last week but she's gonna be on the podcast
1: yes she yes is. super so excited about that i went through and i read her whole new series of that stalked me they're kind of over the top stalking series and I'll link that through here too as well. I think there's one more coming out in the series and it's for Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. It should be out in a few weeks. But that's pretty much what I read well, when I looked at it. I have
0: not read anything new this year. Not one new book. Because like, you know, I've been in you know when I've been in the car with the kids and stuff, we always listen to Harry Potter. And so we finished um The Order of the Phoenix and we started Half Blood Prince. And so I've listened to those audiobooks, but again, like, obviously they're nothing new. Like I've read those before. I don't know why, but I have, I have a book that I want to read next. And it's like, I can't force myself to read it, but I can't read anything else. Does that ever happen to you? It's like, this is, this will be the next book I read, but I just have, I like, I can't get over this hump. It's like, it's the second book in this series, and I don't want it to be over. It's a duet. And I'm like, God, I don't want to finish it. I don't want it to be done. It's so good.
1: And I would just – well, you said you're not going to move on. I, I kind of know. I do that every now and then. I just wait. And then one weekend, I'm kind yeah. of glad it's there. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm so happy this is yeah, here for me Yeah. Well, read. Well, I mean,
0: who knows what the fuck will happen this week? Maybe I'll feel like just laying in bed and reading. I don't know. Because
1: right now you're not feeling too bad, but who knows? No, like okay. I said – I got really exhausted, like yeah, over, like yeah. crazy exhausted. So that might hit you. And then you'll have to yeah. money.
0: <laughs> I can't, I don't know what I would feel like if I was like so exhausted I had to stay in bed. I don't know if I could. Like I'd just I be did. like, the kids are here. I have to get up.
1: I did it, And usually I'm not that great at just staying in bed. I like to get up. And yeah, I you're terrible about that. <laughs> just move about. And I haven't done that in like two weeks. So. Wow. <laughs> your muscles are
0: going to like atrophy. You're gonna be like, I can't get out of bed now. I've got bed Probably. sores. Oh man, that sounds wonderful. Like that's what I want. <laughs> I want to just lay in bed until I get bed sores right now. <laughs> just want to like not move. <laughs> okay. So I have another question, another topic I wanted to discuss with you that I've seen go around TikTok and it okay. is trigger warnings. How do you feel about trigger warnings in romance and do you feel like an author should put it in their book bio or maybe at the front of their book?
1: I uh, uh, yeah probably. I mean it depends on what kind of trigger one. I think sometimes people are getting a little crazy about trigger warnings. Yeah. But some things, you know, I am just not down to read about violence on women anymore. It's just, yeah. I don't want to read about it. I don't want mm-hmm. even in some of my favorite like crime shows. Yeah. I skip it if I realize it's just going to be brutality on women. I'm like I just don't want to. I don't want to do it. I do it enough.
0: I get it. That makes I. I would say yes. That's not something I want to read. But, you know, I think there's a lot of times you can usually tell, Mm -hmm. you know, or if you're kind of familiar with the author, I feel like all it would take would be maybe like a Goodreads search. Yeah. you could find out what sort of triggers there are, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Definitely. So, this person that's on TikTok, she was saying that like she was reading a book and it like, to be fair, like in all fairness, I watched her video. The cover of the book she's discussing is very generic. It's kind of like Mm rom-com-ish looking on the front. And it's about like, there's some really heavy stuff in it about like, there's like, I think there's the death of a child. There's like a suicide maybe. Like there's several things like that that weren't mentioned in the trigger. There's no trigger warnings, It's not one. It's not mentioned in the book by or anything. And this person on TikTok was, livid that this wasn't on there she went so far as to create like probably 10 more videos about trigger warnings and then she wrote a list <laughs> of what she thinks authors should put a trigger warning if it these things are included in your book
1: i, I mean i said like i said <clears throat> i i get where some people are coming from but at the same time no nobody got to do
0: <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> like, gotta do nothing yeah right like i know That's that was my argument. It's like, okay, the word moist triggers some people. Hell, we had a lady listener write in and said she doesn't like the word kind, she said it makes her feel create like uncomfortable when she hears the words someone say oh she's really kind she said i just can't stand that so it's like yes there's there's words that will trigger all kinds of people i don't like seeing what i don't even know what it's called that phobia it's like trip to something where it's like a bunch of circles
1: <gasps> i can't stand i have a that. friend that has that too I freak
0: the fuck out when I see shit like that. Like one time I had a panic attack in bed because like an image popped up on my phone. I mean, this was years ago. I'm a, I'm not as bad as that now, but it's, it makes me feel like it's diseased. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I can't handle it. So anyways, that's like, okay, if a cover had it on and I wouldn't buy it, obviously, but like, how do I know, you know, I'm not going to buy a book.
1: I don't know. I just feel like I you could do a little research. You could Maybe. do a little research. I think that sometimes romance mm. readers are just a little bit more prickly about it because you know we pick up a romance book to generally to smile and feel yes. good and mm-hmm. to laugh. And but that's us. But that's not. That's, that's not, not everybody. You can't yeah.
0: generalize. That's what. That's but my problem. If you have
1: such strong triggers, like I do myself. Yes. Yes. But that is mm-hmm. why I research. If I know I am a sensitive. Mm-hmm sensitive nilly about what i read yep i research you're super super picky
0: about your romance and but I, I, respect I don't
1: put that. that on the author to tell me. i don't find that out myself that's that's my i problem. think what
0: i'm confused about is like you can't expect and and i'm saying this as a reader i mean i've written books and we've put trigger warnings on books before do we have trigger warnings on all of them fuck no like, there's some kind of dark shit that happens but you know i I don't think like some of it's so I don't, I don't know. As a reader, let me just step back and say, as someone who reads books, I know the, what I like and what I don't like. And I know what I will and won't accept in a book. And yes, I'm like you. If I'm so picky about that, just go to Goodreads. It's all in there. Everything's on Goodreads. It's not that hard. Like I don't understand why someone like took the extra step to like go off on authors.
1: I think like, that to somebody who's. Needed a vent,
0: and they took us Yeah, <laughs> and that's what I think, like, I I think she was very upset about, and she even said, like, she experienced some of those feelings, which was why she was so upset when she was reading it, which, granted, I mean, especially if you're a survivor of, like, you know, a sexual trauma, some reading something like that, yes, would be triggering. Yeah. I don't, I don't, again, I don't leave it up read, to the author. Yeah,
1: because there's sometimes, yeah, it's got to be, You can only do so much because I've gotten into stuff and I start to read it and and it will mimic some of the parallels that have happened in my Mm -hmm. life, like with like having a sister and taking over. And I'm like, I don't want to read this, you know, like kind of like, okay, Mm -hmm. no, but how can anybody know that they need to trigger certain things about adoption or, you know, it's just, I think there's some things that probably should do trigger warnings, Mm -hmm. rape and violence, violence against women. I don't think violence is pretty standard in suspense yeah should probably be triggered or maybe I'm being sensitive to that yeah maybe so,
0: that's again again some people don't that doesn't bother them. that doesn't yeah. bother me as much as cheating yeah I would rather I would yeah. rather read about that than cheating you know I mean I'm not going out of my way to find it but that wouldn't stop me from reading it I mean most of my crime books are crimes against women yeah. you know
1: but, but that's why, if you're so frickle, you need to create a good
0: read. You need to follow people that like the same yeah. books as you do and mm-hmm. show them. I on. think that's, I've said this all the time. Goodread is for readers. It's not for authors. Yeah. It's, authors should never go on it. Yeah. I have a Goodreads because I'm a reader. Do I look at Alexa Riley's Goodread? Fuck nope. no. I do not never. read reviews. Never. I
1: don't want to get my feelings
0: hurt. I don't want to have to add anything to my therapy list. Like there's nothing I can once a books out. I
1: can't change it. It is what it is. So there's Mm -hmm. no point of going back and No.
0: And you're not going to convince anybody to change their preference.
1: And even if I did make a mistake that maybe it's too late now and now it'll drive me nuts. (laughs) Yep. Now it's out there. It's It's out in the
0: world. It can't be changed. And you know, the thing is, is like you could have a rational conversation with somebody. Maybe if you sat down and talked to them and explained it, you can't do that online. That doesn't happen. And even if you explain yourself and some people agree with you, there's twice as many in a private chat that are hating on you. So it's just like, why bring that to your door? And you know, my friend, Tralina, who I love and adore, um, she posted something. It's, you know, been a long time ago, but it was one of the first things I heard her say. And I was like, I like this bitch. But she said, She was like, if what you're putting out is constant complaining and negative thoughts, what the fuck do you expect to get back? Mm -hmm. You know, like, be careful what you're putting out because you're going to get that back. And that's exactly it. I mean, you put out, like, you know, this negative hate. It's like, what do you expect? The people just come to you with open arms? Like, you're creating a hostile environment. Like, I don't understand. But... So I just, I don't know. And you know, the fact that like, I think it was last week, Charlena was on Instagram and she was like crying in her video and she's like, this looks dramatic because but she's like, I was crying because I was upset. She said, I got tagged by a book blogger and it I kept getting, she said, I followed this person. So it kept popping up on my feed and it was, people were talking shit on my book. And she said, and I didn't comment. I didn't get in the middle of it. She was like, it was readers discussing it. And that's their opinion. That's fine. That's what they do. She said, but I don't want to be pulled into that. Yeah. She was like, because if I read it, it's going to fuck with my emotions and I'm going to be upset. And she said, I just don't have thick skin. Which, I mean, uh, me too. But like. You know, she said, so she's like, I'm just going to unfollow book blogs because I don't want to fall into that. You know, she said where well, I'm getting pulled into a discussion where I don't need to be in that space. She's yeah. like, that's not my space. That's not for me. And I was like, good for you for at least recognizing that. Yeah. But I, I hate it was like that. But, you know, that's happened to us before where we've been tagged in posts like that, that are negative and that kind of thing. And you just have to, like, pretend you sorry. don't see it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even though, hey, feelings are real and they still hurt, you know, like that's shit you got to deal with later on your own. But like, I don't know. I, I always try to think of it as a reader first because I feel like that's what I am above even yeah. above being a writer. Yeah. Because I'll, I mean, I may stop writing one day. I don't know when I'm like, oh, you know, 50 years old, 100 years old, maybe I'll stop writing. But I'll never stop reading. I'll never stop loving romance. my agree. I don't even know if I could stop writing now that I say it.
1: <laughs> No, because sometimes when you're reading, actually, it makes you want to write.
0: Yeah, that's true. It's that's true. So. It gives you good – maybe that smile like my brain says sluggish right now.
1: So, yeah, I'm writing a ton, Yeah. It might be. Yeah. Because
0: I haven't been reading and we took such a long break over Christmas and I haven't been writing. And then I so got it was, sick. Mm-hmm, yeah. And so now we've like gotten out of the habit. And it's, it yeah. really is like a muscle. You it know, is. you don't flex it, it gets lazy. It gets so lazy. It is so easy to do it too. You just be like, fuck it. <laughs> so we watched this show last night. Um, it's on Netflix. And, God, I want to say it's called, like, Article or something, but that's not right. I can't remember what the name of it is. But, anyways, we stayed up till like, midnight watching it, and it was so scary. Did I, like, laid in bed for, like, an hour afraid that, like, a demon was going to come into our bedroom? Like, does that ever stop? Does that – do you ever feel – that? do you ever watch a scary movie and, like, get scared afterwards still?
1: Well, I only watch them, like – I don't watch horror movies where it's, like, people breaking in and, like, Mm -hmm. the hills out of eyes. Because that would. (laughs) I would think that somebody is breaking Mm -hmm. in. But the ghost ones are the ones I like to watch. And I don't really believe it. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't, like, phase my mind when I'm done. I
0: still get so afraid of them. That I'm, like, maybe that's – I wonder sometimes that that's part of just being a writer. That you're always going to have, like, this imagination that, like – Is just going to run with it, where it's like you give me a story idea, and all of a sudden I've plotted the whole thing, you know? Yeah. Where it's like, oh, guess what? There's a demon under your bed, and I'm like, oh, great, great, this is how I die. (laughs)
1: Like that's my cat.
0: No. (laughs) Right. (laughs) All right. Well, let's talk about Mel Jean. So the book. Before I get into this, before I before I get into all the the book you're about to listen to, um. I will say the book you are going to hear today, Bite Me, will be free for everyone. She says she's going to post the link when it's time in the Read Me Romance headquarters group. So you can go in there on Facebook and grab it for free. So it'll be in there. Um, I guess we can post it in the show notes or maybe like on Instagram or something. or maybe I don't know if she wants to have them like just come to there, but we'll tell you where to go. Um, she is doing a giveaway of 10 paperback copies of the Kraken King. Oh, nice. So, um, yes, which is like super cool because the book is, I mean, it looks fantastic. I don't know if you've seen the cover on it. She said on here, it's so great. Hold on. She said, um, uh, hold on. She had it on here. What's the thing? I can't remember where it is. Oh, 10 paperback copies of the, cra- the Kraken King, because even though it's the book force- fourth book in the iron sea series a lot of people read it as a standalone and it's their favorite one oh. so i thought that was pretty cool Maybe I'll um, read tonight. yeah i know right <laughs> and i love her stuff and i was like that sounds perfect um she said you might also want to mention that if you're enjoying the read me romance story this week there's a quote, snowbound with the frost giant story in Kindle Unlimited called Frozen, where the hero is cursed and nothing will stop him from fucking the heroine. So he tries to push her away to save her from being torn apart when he transforms into the giant. So she's <laughs> like, I, can just fucks only, I a giant. Him, like,
1: transforming while he's fucking her, and mm-hmm. that's what's going to tear her up.
0: Mm-hmm. I know. He's too big. His dick is too big. That's why he has to be careful. So yeah, that's called Frozen by Mel Jean Brooke. (laughs) It's on Kindle Unlimited if you want to go read it. I love it. So let me read you the book bio of Bite Me. After five years, Emma Cooper is returning to Pine Bluffs and to Sheriff Nathan Forrester. Finally, she's ready to confess the secret that drove her away. But before she even arrives in town, Emma runs into trouble that threatens everyone she cares for. So she has to decide. Stay and fight for the love of a lifetime or run away again. Please note, By Me is an expanded and revised version of In Sheep's Clothing, a short story which was first published in the Mammoth Book of Paranormal Romance Anthology in the ebook compa- compilation Under Her Skin with, I think it's Alona Andrews and Janine Frost. Hold on. Those are
1: big time paranormal names.
0: Yes, in sheep's clothing was around eight thousand words, and most of the spicy contents was removed for inclusion in the original anthology. Anthologies, so I've added the heart back in the back in and made slight revisions to descriptions and dialogue, so it now runs about ten thousand five hundred words.
1: Because that's why yeah. I don't read a lot of um, Elena Alana, however you say Alana her name. Andrews. She's a great writer, like, but it's not enough dirty mm-hmm. romance for me. Yeah, so I yeah. don't read her. I, that mm-hmm. often like I've read a few and I'm like oh, I need a little bit more so it makes sense mm-hmm. that you put it back in. I'm
0: like okay this is yeah that run. she added <laughs> now Meljean does have a content warning on her website which that's genius put the content warning on your website um content warning mentions of serial killer who sexually assaulted and murdered his victims these murders take place before the event of the book fear and suspense werewolf violence and biting mild bloody horror slash pain during werewolf's transformation Explicit sexual content. Swearing and cursing. Are those two different <laughs> things? Are swearing and cursing two different things? Oh, I wonder if swearing is like saying like, God damn it. Like that's a swear. Oh, I don't
1: know. That's a good question And like cursing is like
0: fuck. I don't know. Mel Jean, if you're listening, I don't know. <laughs> tell us. Tell us, tell us the truth. what swearing and cursing? I do all What's of the, the above. Difference? I know, right? <laughs> I just literally just did it. (laughs) All right. So we're going to play the first installment of Bite Me by Mel Jean Brooke. Go get it. Eat it.
1: See you guys on the other side.
2: This is Bite Me written by Mel Jean Brooke. Read by Joshua McCray. Chapter one. Emma. If she hadn't read about a murderer stalking this road, Emma Cooper would have thought a blown tire in the middle of a blizzard was bad. But bad was the small spiked metal ball her fingers found embedded in the tire rubber. And worse was the truck, its headlights on bright pulling off the two-lane highway and onto the snowy shoulder 20 yards behind her Jeep. The tire iron in her hands rattled against the one lug nut she had had time to crack loose. She hadn't even raised the jack yet. It lay on the icy asphalt behind the flat front tire. Now not much time had passed at all. This guy must have been waiting off the road for her to drive by, his truck concealed by the dark and the snow. Don't panic, Emma told herself, and pulled in a long breath between her chattering teeth. Now was definitely not the time to panic. Still gripping the tire iron, Emma rose from her crouch, The rattling rumble of his diesel motor cut off. The pounding of her heart filled the sudden snow-muffled silence. Stay calm. She tugged open the front door of her Jeep, slid into the driver's seat, and hit the locks. Emma had been living in Seattle the past five years, but she'd kept up on the local news. In the last 18 months, four vehicles, each with flat tires, had been found abandoned on this rural stretch of an Oregon highway. Each time, searchers recovered the body of a woman from the surrounding woods. Each woman had been raped and strangled. The truck door slammed shut. Oh, God. She squinted against the glare of headlights in the rearview mirror, but couldn't see anything. With her right hand, she rummaged blindly through her purse on the passenger seat and found her phone. It had been years since she had dialed the number, but she still knew it by heart. Nathan Forrester answered on the third ring. She spoke over his sleep-roughened greeting. Hey, Sheriff Studley. Emma could see the dark figure in her side mirror now. The silhouetted shape wore a bulky coat and a cowboy hat. She couldn't tell if he carried a gun. I'm on the side of the highway with a flat tire, and I could really, really use a lift. Emma? Oh, Christ. Emma, listen. Don't accept any help. I didn't plan on it. She stared at the mirror. He had walked half the distance to her jeep. Her fingers tightened on the tire iron, her nails drawing blood from the heel of her palm. Stay calm. But I think he plans to offer help anyway. She heard Nathan swearing and running across a wooden floor. Where are you? You still have your old jeep. About ten miles before the bluffs turn off, and yes, I still have it. Okay, Emma, I'm on my way, but you've got to drive. Stay in low gear. The flat tire will pull hard at your steering wheel, but your jeep will go. So you start it now and get the hell out of there. Emma jammed the phone between her cheek and shoulder, turning the ignition key. The engine fired up. A shadow darkened her window. She looked over, just as he swung her jack through the glass. Chapter 2 Nathan It was worse than the others had been. The windows shattered, the door hanging open, blood splashed in the snow. Gun in hand, Nathan jumped from his blazer, his unlaced boots skidding on the icy road. He slid into the side of the jeep, glanced inside. The seats were empty. The breath he drew to roar her name felt like the first he had pulled into his aching chest since he'd heard the breaking glass and her aborted shriek. Emma! The echo faded, leaving the whisper of falling snow and the low growl of his truck engine. A trail of blood and thrashed snow led behind the jeep. Nathan followed it, the freezing air biting at his face. From the pine trees alongside the road came the snap of a breaking branch. Nathan pivoted, scanning the night. The light from the half-moon barely pierced the tree line. The shadows between the pines danced in the flashing red and blue lights from his truck. Tension gripped his muscles. Something was moving through the woods, its eyes reflecting the strobe lights like a cat's. He aimed his flashlight, switched it on. The high-powered light flooded Emma's pale face before her hand flew up, shielding her eyes. Oh, thank God. Thank God. His knees almost gave out, but through some miracle he remained standing. He skimmed the light down her body, and his heart lurched. Blood stained her sweater and jeans. He pushed into the snowdrift on the highway shoulder, began to wade toward her. Are you hurt? No. She lowered her hand. Her voice was steady. He's gone, toward Pine Bluffs. And must have turned down a side road. Nathan hadn't met anyone on his way here. Is that his blood or yours? Yes, I panicked and bit him. Emma's head tilted back as he drew closer, and he could see the trail of blood under her jaw, the faint smear on her chin. Good, he murmured, and lifted his cold hand to her warm cheek, gently turning her face. A livid bump had formed beneath her dark hair. Biting him was not good, Nathan. Not good at all. She sighed, then winced when he brushed his thumb over the bump. He whacked me with the jack hit in the head with a jack and she was still upright. There was no chance that was going to last. She must be running on pure adrenaline. Nathan slipped his arm around her shoulders, loving the feel of finally holding her so close, wishing he could scoop her up against his chest. But she was trembling and looked delicate as hell, so he didn't make any sudden moves. Carefully, he turned her toward the road. Let's get you back to town. His own words struck him a moment later. Back to town. Emma was back. Finally. But he hadn't imagined her return would be like this. And God only knew why she'd left in the first place. Chapter 3 Emma Emma waited in Nathan's truck while he spoke with the deputy who pulled in behind him a few minutes later. Her heart hadn't yet climbed down from where it had lodged in her throat, but the emotions filling her up weren't from her close encounter with a serial killer. Instead, she was filled with him, Nathan Forrester, whom she hadn't seen in five years, but who was just as ridiculously big and as ruggedly beautiful as she remembered. Melting snow darkened his brown hair and plastered the short strands to his forehead. He had charged to a rescue without a hat without tying his boots, without changing out of his checkered flannel pajama pants. He'd only remembered to button his sheepskin jacket over his bare chest after Deputy Osborne had arrived. Until then, he'd held her against that chest, keeping her warm and safe. Now she warmed her hands in front of the heater as Nathan grabbed her suitcases from the back of her Jeep. While driving down from Seattle, she'd tried to imagine what she'd say to Nathan when she finally saw him again. A million different greetings had played out in her head, but she had never imagined meeting him in a situation like this, and she couldn't remember any of the words she had planned to say. So she felt awkward and stupid and silly when Nathan slid into the driver's seat, and the first thing she blurted was, I like your shirt. Because, of course, he wasn't wearing a shirt. He'd come after her without stopping to put one on. But it wasn't a lie because she did like what was under his coat. She liked that vast expanse of thickly-sculpted muscle a whole lot. His broad grin kicked her heart against her ribs. Yeah, you can thank the cuts in the county budget. They can't afford uniform shirts, so half-naked is our official new look. Then you're lucky they decided the naked half is the top half, especially in a blizzard. True that. Now I'm picturing Osborne standing in the snowstorm without his pants and with all his shriveled bits swinging in the wind. That's enough horror for one night. Nathan made a U-turn lifting his hand as he drove past the deputy. How's your head? She prodded the bump on her scalp and grimaced. Not bad. It only hurts when I touch it. And don't touch it. She finished with him and met his eyes. There was warmth and laughter there, just as there had been six years ago when she had fallen off one of his horses, bruising her pride and her elbow. Her Aunt Letty had given her the same advice then Don't touch it. Yes, I know. His smile faded as his gaze swept over her again. We'll stop at Letty's, have her look at that bump. Then I'll take you both to my place. Aunt Letty's old farmhouse shared a lane with the Forrester property. Do you think that's necessary? Yes. The instrument panel cast a faint green light over his hard profile and the grim set of his mouth. We're pretty sure the killer's local, and even if we try to keep your identity quiet, word will get out. And everyone knew where Aunt Letty lived, so they knew where Emma would be staying. Well, he come after me? If he thinks you can identify him, yes. No one's gotten away from him before. Nathan had already asked if she had recognized the man. Emma hadn't. She'd know him if she saw him again, though. Or smelled him. With luck, however, she wouldn't have to taste him again. I bit his hand pretty hard, she said. I can see that. Nathan's gaze dropped to her shoulder. The blood soaking her wool sweater overwhelmed almost every other odor in the blazer, so that beneath its metallic scent, she detected only a hint of coffee, vinyl seats, the earthiness of male skin, and his lingering fear. We'll keep a lookout for any hand injuries, but this time of year everyone's wearing gloves. Even if you took a good chunk, he could hide it. More than a chunk. Nausea churned in her stomach. His truck had a diesel engine. It was a pickup truck, a big one like a dually. Good. That's good, Emma. That'll help us. Nathan scooped his big hand through his snow-wet hair before flipping the windshield wipers to high, whipping away the heavy flakes. What the hell were you thinking driving through this mess in the middle of the night? She had been thinking that even if her Jeep had gotten stuck, Even if it had slid into a ditch, she'd be fine. Running the distance to Aunt Letty's would have been no effort. It would have been fun. Well, I wasn't thinking that a murderer would give me a flat tire. She waited until he glanced over, met her eyes. You're only pissed off at me because you were scared. Believe me, I was scared too. Out of my freaking wits. Nathan clenched his jaw, looked through the front windshield again. You're calm enough now. And barely holding on to that calm, her senses were filled with blood and filled with Nathan. Just me, Emma said softly. Staying calm is a good thing. Even waking Aunt Letty at two in the morning didn't trip the old gal up. Telling her about Emma's run-in with a serial killer didn't either, but Emma hadn't expected it to no, not Aunt Lettie. Her only reaction was one similar to her response the first time Emma had changed into a wolf in front of her. She stared at Emma with eyes like steel, with softly pursed lips. She ordered Emma to sit at the kitchen table while she collected her first aid supplies from the pantry. Her white hair was braided for sleep. Beneath the mint green terry cloth robe, Emma knew there would be a sprigged flannel nightgown with a bit of lace at the hem. Her cool fingers were all wrinkles and knuckles, gentle as she cleaned the wound. So, young man, she said to Nathan as she unwrapped a bandage. You're moving us to your place because you're worried he'll come after my Emma. Yes, Miss Letty, Nathan said from the kitchen entrance. Emma thought that if he had had his hat, it would have been between his hands. Before retiring last year, Aunt Letty had been both teacher and nurse at the Tiny Pine Bluffs High School. Emma hadn't met anyone in town below the age of 50 who didn't speak to Letty with the same deference that Nathan did. And what did Emma say to that? She didn't argue. Letty arched her white eyebrows. Well, isn't that something? She murmured. I thought for sure Emma would have said she'd handle any threat on her own. I bit him, Emma said quietly, her gaze locked with her aunt's. He's dangerous, and he's going to get worse. Then it seems to me that before things get worse, you've got some explaining to do. Letty straightened out. Maybe you can get started on that while I pack. Emma sighed and watched Nathan step aside to let her aunt pass into the hallway. Of course, Letty was right. But knowing was easier than doing. Knowing was always easier than doing. But that was why she had come back, wasn't it? There were things to do and to explain. She just hadn't realized she'd be starting this early. You might as well change now, too, Nathan said, his deference going as easily as it had come. His fear had passed, too, and his anger. In their place was speculation. His eyes narrowed as he assessed her from head to toe. I'll need your clothes as evidence. You likely won't be getting them back. That's fine. Emma hooked her fingers beneath the hem of the blood-stained sweater, then paused. You're going to watch? I will if you take your clothes off where I can see you. In answer, she pulled the sweater over her head. He had been teasing her, she knew, but now his smile froze in place as Emma took off her T-shirt and threw it on top of her sweater. She began to shimmy out of her jeans. She heard his approach, the racing of his heartbeat, his hands flattened on the table on either side of her hips, caging her in with his wide shoulders and tall frame. Stop it, Emma. The growl rumbling up from her chest stole her response, she kicked the jeans free of her feet and stood in front of him in her brown panties. Nathan's face darkened, his breathing deepened. We got along before, pretending we could just be friends. I can't do that now. Not after that phone call. Not after hearing you scream. God damn it, Emma. My whole fucking world just about ended and now you're here. And I can't. I can't. Emotion seemed to take hold of his throat, choking off whatever he had been about to say. Abruptly, he crowded in closer, forcing her back against the table and said gruffly, I can't be just friends anymore, Emma Cooper. So you think twice before stripping off in front of me. Off balance, she grabbed onto his thick biceps to steady herself. I've thought more than twice. I've been thinking about it for five years. Not hard enough, obviously. Scowling, he backed out of her grip. Because for five years you've been up in Seattle. She crossed her arms over the scratchy lace of her bra. You haven't exactly been burning up the highway between here and there. Nathan stared at her for a long moment before he turned toward the door, shaking his head. You always ask the one question I don't have an answer to. I didn't ask anything. Yeah, you did. Which suitcase do you need? Emma blinked. The carry-on. She listened to the heavy tread of his footsteps on the front porch, then to the snow crunching beneath his boots as he walked to the truck. So much snow. Didn't get much of that in Seattle. And this would be her first winter in Pine Bluffs. But she'd been here for the summers plenty of times. When Emma was 16, her mother had sent her to stay with her Aunt Letty over summer vacation, arguing that time away from the city would do her good. Emma had chosen to come the next six years. Nathan had only been part of the reason, because her mother had been right. Time in Pine Bluffs had done her good. She loved the forests with their thick mats of pine needles over red earth, loved the town that was nothing more than a blip on a map, yet right in the middle of everything she'd ever wanted. So she had visited each summer, first in high school and then throughout college, fully intending to make it a permanent move after she had earned her degree. But she had changed her plans that last summer, five years past. Apparently Nathan had been thinking of that summer too, and thinking of the hike they had taken around the lake, the tension simmering between them. Because she hadn't been 16 anymore and her longtime crush had deepened into something hot and real. And it had seemed that Nathan wasn't seeing her just as a friend anymore, and had started looking at her the same way she was looking at him. But they'd never gotten a chance to discover what might come of it. On that hiking trail, a wolf had come out of nowhere and changed everything for her. Your leg didn't scar, he said, setting her case on the table. Automatically, Emma glanced down at her right calf, smooth skin stretched over muscle that five years ago had been mangled, bleeding. It turned me into a werewolf, so I heal faster now. Nathan's short bark of laughter was exactly what she had expected, because he thought she was joking. But she couldn't tell him straight out. She'd have to prepare him so that he could more easily accept the unbelievable. After dropping Aunt Letty and Emma at his house Nathan would have to return to the highway and help Osborne go over the scene at the jeep it would be a simple thing to follow him in wolf form and offer help and then hope he didn't shoot her as he had the werewolf who'd attacked her 5 years ago a lead bullet between the eyes killed a werewolf just as easily as it killed a man unfortunately death hadn't changed that wolf back to his human form if it had Emma might have known what was happening to her. She might have known where the cravings came from and why she had woken up naked in the woods just outside Nathan's bedroom window. But she had probably been just as frightened and run away just as fast. Your jeep was packed full, he said, and Emma could feel his gaze on her as she unzipped her suitcase. Are you staying a while? Forever, probably. You're moving here. A cautious kind of hope passed over his expression. To Pine Bloss. I am. Why now? She stepped into her jeans. Aunt Letty's getting older. There's an opening for a science teacher at the high school and I need a place to run. His eyebrows drew together. Are you in trouble? Not a place to run Too A place to run. The city isn't good for that. His frown remained, but he only nodded. Emma pulled on a sweater as Letty came back into the kitchen, bundled in her coat and knitted cap. Daisy, the yellow Labrador who had been Letty's companion for as long as Emma could remember, had ventured downstairs and now sat at Letty's heel. The dog's body was taut, shaking. That was another reason Emma had left, but she had since learned that, with time, a dog would get over its instinctive fear of her and just took patience and a few boxes of dog biscuits. Letty's steely gaze landed on Emma's face. Emma shook her head. An aging aunt, a job, a place to run. Those reasons were all true. And Nathan was another reason. But she couldn't tell him that until after she showed him the rest. Chapter 4 Nathan The snow had let up a little. Nathan walked the highway shoulder where Emma had been attacked, sweeping his flashlight over the ground, hoping for a tire track that hadn't been filled in. The blood on her clothes would go far in court, but they couldn't match it to the killer's blood until they first found a way to identify the fucker. And Emma had helped narrow down the type of vehicle he drove, but a tread might help narrow it further. 200 yards from her Jeep, he gave up. Turning back, he saw Osborne standing beside the deputy vehicle. Nathan waved him on. There was nothing left to do here. He'd have the jeep towed into town and the snow and the plows would erase the rest. He would likely spend a good portion of the morning bucking through the logging roads that turned off the main highway between here and Pine Bluffs, searching for the route Emma's attacker had used. Cold, boring work, which would give him too much time to spend in his head. So he'd probably spend a good portion of the morning obsessing over Emma and wishing that he was with her in his old bedroom. in that old double bed heaped high with blankets, instead of trudging through the freezing backwoods. He glanced into her Jeep as he passed it. An inch of white snow covered the driver's seat. The black powder from the fingerprinting kit dusted the door handles. Not much hope there, either. Emma had been certain her assailant had been wearing leather gloves. Yet, she had still managed to bite through the gloves hard enough that his blood had splashed all over her, as if terror had lent her strength. A hot ball of anger settled in his gut. Nathan looked away from the jeep, staring blindly into the tree line. They were going to get the fucker this time. If the son of a bitch knew what was good for him, he'd walk into the sheriff's office now and turn himself in. But Nathan hoped to God that when the time came. The fucker resisted arrest. Of course, they had to identify him first. With a sigh, he banged his fist against the roof of the Jeep, turned back to his vehicle, and froze. A wolf lay in front of his blazer, like a dog stretched out before a fire, but twice the size of any dog Nathan had ever seen. But he'd seen a wolf this large before. He had killed a wolf this large after it had attacked Emma on a hiking trail five years ago. But this wolf wasn't snarling. Hackles raised and fangs bared. Its thick, dark fur lay flat over its back. Amber eyes watched him steadily, pointed ears pricked forward. Nathan rested his hand on his weapon but didn't draw it. Not yet. He edged to the side, making a wide arc that would take him to his vehicle without directly approaching the wolf. He stopped when the wolf cocked its head, rose to its feet, and trotted toward the jeep. It sniffed at the snow by the flat tire, then began to work its way back, scenting the blood, Nathan assumed. The tension began to leave his shoulders, and he watched as it began to dig through the small drift that had piled beside the rear tire. Then it turned, looked at him, and sat. When Nathan only stared back, the wolf made a chuffing sound, pushed its long nose back into the drift, and nudged. Something small and black rolled out of the drift, leaving specks of pink ice in its wake. A strange, swooping sensation slid through Nathan's stomach. The wolf backed up a few yards, then sat again. Slowly, Nathan approached the jeep. He kept his gaze on the wolf, then dared a glance at the object on the ground. It was a thumb, still inside the leather of a glove. His stomach did another swoop. For a second, Nathan thought his head would go with it, He crouched, sitting on his heels, waiting for the lightheadedness to pass. Then realization struck. He had a fingerprint. Holy shit. Disbelieving, he took off his hat, pushed his hand through his hair. He looked up at the wolf. What the hell are you? Its mouth stretched into what Nathan would have sworn was a grin. For an instant, he remembered Emma in Miss Letty's kitchen, joking about becoming a werewolf. God, was he actually entertaining the idea that this wolf was a human, that it was Emma. He was obviously lacking sleep or caffeine. Shaking the ridiculous thought from his head, Nathan stood. The wolf trotted past him, its shoulder brushing his leg. He watched it break into a lope down the highway, then turned his attention back to the thumb on the ground. He could think about the wolf later, Now, he had a job to do. Fifteen minutes later, Nathan slammed his brakes when the wolf appeared on the highway shoulder. The blazer fishtailed before the chains caught and gave him traction. It took longer for his heart to stop pounding. He climbed out of the truck, pointed at the wolf. Do you know how dumb that was? Probably not any less dumb than talking to an animal and definitely not as stupid as feeling chastised when the wolf gave him a look, then trotted a few yards up the highway to a logging road. It sniffed at the snow, moved farther off the highway, then looked back at Nathan expectantly. You're kidding me, he said. The wolf shook its head, answering him. And there went reality. Nathan trudged forward. No jury is gonna buy this story his
0: human stalker by michelle mills i suffer from resting bitch face rbf it's sad but true as a result i turn people away i'm not exactly bubbly and friendly this is probably why my lonely job as a private investigator is perfect for my skill set usually i'm very good at what i do i get the job done and move on but my latest assignment has thrown me for a loop this satanic-looking, heroic and biologist I've been tracking has gotten under my skin. Sir Bain Ashmore has become much more than a job. Through my telescope lens, I can literally see my future unborn children in his deadly eyes. I'm full-on stalking this monstrous guy as he charts the migration of fire beasts, spending countless unbillable hours in the wildlands watching his every attractive move. What is wrong with me? When I trip and break my angle, my hot target finds me with my ass in the dirt doing a full-on ugly cry as he lifts me in his massive red arms and carries me back to his tent. He's caring for me and I think he really likes me. Basically, it's a dream come true. But what happens when Bane discovers he's brought his stalker home and he finds out who I really am, what I really do, and who I work for? That's His Human Stalker by Michelle Mills, available this Sunday, January 30th. Grab it now. Welcome back. Hey. So don't forget to enter in this week's giveaway. Like I said, she's given 10 signed paperbacks away, which I think is pretty fucking cool. She's doing it of the Kraken King. You should go listen to it now um, or go grab it up. And also don't forget um, the Kindle Unlimited story called Frozen. Um. Go get that one too again by mail. It's Malchie all gonna Brooke. be in the show
1: notes for you mm-hmm. guys.
0: Yep, yeah, we're no. gonna put everything in the show notes. All right,
1: I guess tell them what to do.
0: Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick.
1: Bye, guys. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read
0: me romance. Read me romance.
1: Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book that's fine, or you could sit back, relax, and unwind and read me romance. Read, read me romance.